Tank, unfortunately, mate, the football definitely did not go according to plan for myself and yourself as uh, Liverpool fans. And obviously, you've got a, a fond affiliation to, to Forrest, but we thought we'd brave it, we'd face the music. Um, we are a team member down. Jimmy is now, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's through security. He's happy. He messaged us before to say all his travel anxieties out the window and he's got a beer in his hand. So it's just me and you representing today. Yeah, he had a couple of bees in his hand early doors as well. So I'm not too <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm not too sure that he couldn't make it. He didn't want to make it. Didn't want to make it. Yeah, but he he did to be fair to no, make no, sure no, that he yeah. uh no, he did he, he sent us a message just to remind us of uh, Jesse Lingard's stats oh, uh, for Forest. Yeah. So uh yeah. yeah, we'll we'll come to that later on. But yeah, I suppose for us, uh yeah, we're we're gonna be going through the weekend's worth of football. We were both excited to have football back, but the results probably didn't go our way. But um yeah, you may hear a little bit of... I actually might sound like a bit of an alcoholic at this stage. I was hungover on last week's show. <laughs> I'm a bit ropey on this one. I've just come back from uh, from camping for a few days. Before we dive into the into the football, what's your thoughts on camping? Where, where do you stand on camping? Would you be much of a camper yourself? I've not done it for... I can't remember... I haven't done it since I was about fucking 16, mate. But I've seen just your photographs and that, the kids and the missus, and the, it, it looked... It looked enjoyable. Don't get me yeah. wrong. You thought I've just thought, you know what? The like Frankie would love that. The baby would love it, mate. He would. He's like, he's four at the end of the month, and that's something like he's an outdoor kid. He takes me mum up in the garden, and he'd basically go missing for hours. Don't know what he do, yeah. where he go. So he's a bit of an outdoor kid. He'd absolutely love it. But um, I need a nice fluffy pillow, Jamie, and a nice mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> cheap, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a weird one because we were there. It was only for a few days. Um, we were there with our, our best mates and, and their kids and whatever. And like to be fair, facilities are great. I was just saying to you then, like we got, you know, there was a pub on site and uh, a couple of restaurants and whatever. But one thing that strikes me, and I don't know if your missus is the same, right? The the packing for camping, oh. mate. Like my my missus, I swear to God, to it, we, we we were having a chat before we went. We she packed more for this trip than we did when we went to Spain for the for our fo- family holiday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we were it, like it. We could have fed the five thousand. Any eventuality that could have happened during that trip, we were <laughs> packed for. I, I've never yeah. known anything <laughs> like it. Whereas if you said to me now, what would I do differently? If men were packing. I'd have took two hoodies, a pair of shorts, swimming gear, few towels, and then I'd just gone for pub dinner every night. Well, listen, I, I I agree with you, but when I seen a WhatsApp message from you and Jimmy the other day in our group where you said you packed 14 pairs of shorts, or was you 10 or Jimmy 14, and I was like, what? Three, <laughs> no, t- two yeah. or three pairs of shorts for the two-week holiday? That's me. Yeah, so you may see, and for those that are watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm sporting a nice, uh, a nice flowery T-shirt, right? I'm, I think it's me, me age, right? And the, to go back to the shorts, summer holidays, swim shorts, I've got this thing about flowery shorts. I'm like a young Alfie Moon from EastEnders with all the flowery <laughs> gear on. So that's why I was like, when Jimmy said to me, hey, all lads, I'm packing for holiday. How many shorts do you think I need to pack? And I'm just thinking, how many flowery shorts can I get in round the pool? Yeah. So yeah, I'd be I'd be packing a good solid ten, but uh, yeah, Jimmy, I think Jimmy's going with Jimmy fourteen. Yeah, no, see, I mean, I'm two max. Three is like pushing the bolt out. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's normally two, and it's like I'll wear one one day, put them on the balcony, dry the next the next day, and then after that, get the ones want to dry. Yeah, and go that's back. Just my rotation, mate. rotation. So that's it. I wouldn't have you down as a flowery shorts man either, mate. No. 
Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I do it just to annoy me, Mrs. Most of the time. But uh, anyway, right, the football. So, um, yeah, first game of the weekend was Arsenal. Um, and I have to say, I don't know about you, I was I was impressed with Arsenal offensively. I thought they looked really bright. In particular, I thought uh, Gabriel Jesus, as we like to call him, um, I thought he looked absolutely razor sharp for, yeah. for 60, 65 minutes. He did. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a good signing, isn't he? and you know what I think's gonna be gonna be for him is he's gonna be the top man, and he can't. I think he's gonna be that player who thrives on being the top man. Mm. Uh, some players thrive with it, some don't. But I just think he's gonna be. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have a big save where Arsenal finishing the season. What I will say is, although I thought Arsenal were really really good, that was a poor performance from Crystal Palace. I just thought they offered basically nothing. They weren't like you know when you go to craft play to Crystal Palace and monster fans get on you there. It's like it's like a cauldron and it's a difficult place to go and play. And I just thought it was it was like a preseason game for Palace. You're like, where's Palace here? And I'm not taking nothing away from Arsenal. I just thought you know I wouldn't get too carried away. That, that's what I'm saying. There was some really good performance from Arsenal. Don't get me wrong. The sent the young centre back. I mean, he he looks a player. Yeah, yeah why? Player, why? You know, I understand why he's on loan. There was a sim- You know what? There was been a lot of comments saying why has he been on loan for two seasons, three seasons. Centre back's not a position where you just go in at eighty and ninety and say there you go, crack on, good luck with it. Not at this level. It just doesn't happen. John Teddy come on loan to Forest when he was eighteen, nineteen year old lad. Yeah, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And you're looking at him, you think, Fucking hell, why have we signed him? You know, he's not like a big unit, but. In training, once he was on the pitch, you were like, ah, okay, now. And listen, he made a few mistakes when he was there as well. But that's all part of building him to go and do what he's done. I mean, he's probably one of the greatest centre-half that's ever played football when he went back to Chelsea. He learned his trade, if you like, a Forest. So all the people are saying, why is he on loan? Well, the reason he's on loan is to learn the game. And, you know, he's still only 21. Learn the game away from the spotlight. It's interesting exactly. you say that, and I think now you've seen it with the likes of, uh, you know, the the Nunes reaction recently, and even Martinez, and we'll come on to him for, when we talk about United later on. One or two bad games can nearly crip, can have a particular player branded as a, as a as a write off, a failure these days. Where it's probably been a smart move for Arsenal, like you said there with John Terry, go and learn your craft. You know, yeah. the, uh, the the physicality of the Premier League as well, it can swallow you up in one or two games. Do you know what I mean? So, and, he, and he's come back and I have to say, I thought he looked, uh, oh, he looked really impressive. He did. Yeah. He, looked, he looked a proper, you know, composed, big, powerful, strong. You know, he just looked a proper centre-half. But as you say, the problem what you have as young young lads coming through in the Premier League, especially defenders, you know, it's okay if you're, if you're in the tackle playing. You, you can lose the ball up there and like it's unlucky. You get it on the next, you go again. A centre-half makes a mistake. Nine times out of ten, this league is that good. You punished it to go, and that's that. You know, so with him going and playing on loan for me is, it's been it's been a clever bit of business. I'm not too sure at that because I I don't know whether it's true or not. But there were some rumours that actually Arteta didn't actually fancy him. I don't know how true that is or not. But the loan period has done has done the lot of worlds of good. Yeah, Early days for him still long. It's funny you say there about the the atmosphere at Sellers Park. And again, you'll be able to tell me. I've just got this idea in the back of my head that, you know, the likes of your Everton's, Goodison Parks, you know, when that is uh, on, <clears throat> excuse me, when that's on fire, it's like a cauldron in there. Yeah. You know, these old school stadiums that are tight on the pitch, give me one of them to generate atmosphere rather than these, you know, the, the big yeah. Emirates stadiums. It feels yeah. very open and it kind of dilutes yeah. the sound. You're saying it was it was some atmosphere. 
Palace was unbelievable, and they got that song, haven't they? Or what's it? Is it Glad All Over? They sing yeah, it. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I've played there. I, I always remember the game when we played them. We went one the up, and David Platt was manager. Um, and then they scored. No, we were two the up, and then they scored. And then it starts Glad All Over, and then the whole fans like, <laughs> and you're like, shit, because you <laughs> know what's dancing coming on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, you you know what's coming. You know there's going to be an onslaught. You know a throw in, a free kick. The whole stadium erupts. It's a pro. I absolutely love playing at Sellers Park. A special place to play. There's what is one thing that to to link it to Arsenal. I guess the the one thing, and again, we're saying all this very early days. We're a game into the season, so there's definitely no sweeping uh, statements being made. But I still think the next phase in Arsenal development. So whilst I thought Jesus was was actually outstanding, uh, I was so impressed with him. Uh, I thought uh, Saliba looked excellent, and um, I love Martin. So they've got they've got a lot of quality. Arsenal, particularly in offensive areas. I feel the next stage or the next question that they have to answer is how do they manage games? Because for me, there will always be sticky periods in football. And I say this as a Liverpool fan and watching their development under Klopp, the game management piece was always something that was missing. We could blow teams away early. And if we went two or three up, happy days. But if we didn't, we'd always leave the door open for opposition. Yeah. And I think this is going to be the next thing for Arteta and his side is, you know, you look at a Sellers Park, as poor as I thought Palace were, they still have moments where they were on top and Arsenal looked a little bit under the yeah. under the cosh. That'll be the next step for that team, I'd say. I think so, yeah. And I just, I still think that they're lacking that midfield, the, the dominating midfield player. I do think they're just they're lacking that. Now, they, they have been linked with, I can't think of the kid's name today, but everyone's been after them at AC Milan. Um I've just seen a link there on uh, one of the big Twitter accounts. I just posted it like for 57 million. Um, and I just, for me, it's top four. If you're spending this amount of money, like our is, it's surely to God that, you know, the owners are not just going to say, yeah, just top four is great. You know, surely there's got to be a bit more ambition than just top four. If you're spending close to 200 million pounds. I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's top, just top four. I, I think they'd look at that and say, if we get top four happy days, I don't think there's any requirements above that. I think the the, the problem comes with if you don't get top four, then you 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 rent on the block. You rent on the block. I just think it's they've gone all in to get top four. And to be honest, you're looking at the team surrounding them again. We'll come on to Spurs in a minute. Arsenal with the quality that they have, and if they're still looking to add, they it's not they should be. They have to be getting yeah. top four with the money they spent. I think that's the, the difference. And Arteta, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the pressure. Yeah, I mean, the, as you say, when you spend that amount of money, the pressure the pressure's right on you. Now, look, I think he, he has made good signings. I thought Zinchenko, he's a good signing, Zinchenko. He's another one. He's going to be a top boy there, and I think he'll thrive from it. Yeah. Um, not not too sure is he going to play that left-sided role. Is he? I think he may end up moving into a midfield, set more central role. Even being honest, because I think Tini's a good player who they've also got there. But if they bring in the midfielder in for fifty-seven million along with the other signings, well, I think I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit old-fashioned that way. I think he needs to produce a bit more than top four. I think he has to win a trophy this season at least. It's funny you. I didn't get a chance to ask you this, right? And while we're on Arsenal, before we move on, to, unfortunately, to Liverpool, but uh, Arteta. Have you started watching the uh, the All or Nothing documentary yet? No, I've just seen. I haven't started watching it. I've seen snippets about it. Okay, so we've watched. 
Cool. So yeah, the, the one I want to ask you, right, is, and you don't need to have seen it to give it an opinion, I guess, uh, because I've obviously I've watched it with my son the first three episodes. The one thing I'm worried about with my son, it's very well shot. I have to say, like, my son Josh is actually developing feelings towards Arsenal here, so they need to hold the horses here, or I could be losing my son as a, a Liverpool fan. But uh, yeah, Arteta in one of them, you've probably seen it all over social media, um, in the lead up to the Liverpool game last season at Anfield, he obviously wanted to prepare his team for the atmosphere at Anfield and how the atmosphere can sway um, the, the, the trajectory of a game. And he wheeled out the big speakers and was playing You'll Never Walk Alone at the side yeah. of the pitch. Yeah. What do you make of that, mate? It's not my cup of tea. And considered in the same game, they got B4-0. And the reason he got B4-0 was because of his reaction on the sideline, which then turned our fans into a roaring atmosphere and we just swamped them. So... That's kind of backfired on them. That's not my cup of tea. That you know, if I'm training, and you know, you... what Tell would a dressing room be honest? What would a dressing room? Well, be a dressing room would be mocking them a bit. I've got to be honest. I've seen, I've seen some stuff. I've seen where he's got the photographer to come in and give a speech as well. I've seen that on Twitter. Now that's a nice little thing to do, but I, I'm telling you now as a player, they're like, what the fuck's that all about there? Mm. You know, we've got a big game against Tottenham, and we've got the fucking photographer saying, "I love you guys. You got, you know, just go out and tackle." Fuck off! Give me some tactical stuff, and you know, tell me what, tell me how I'm going to stop Harry Kane. Not how you're going to. Me, the photographer's going to. You know, we want a bit of passion, and then take a nice photograph of me. I just think I don't know. I just think he's taking a few of these stuff a bit too far from what I've seen Arteta. But each to their own, mate. Each yeah, to their own. You'll have to watch it because I, I've got, I will I, watch it. I will. It's good, it's, but I always worry with these things. No matter what, because you know, sometimes managers, coaches, players, you come out with some fucking cheesy stuff in dressing rooms. It just happens sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. Those documentaries can make anyone look like David Brent. Do you know what I mean? No matter what exactly. you try, it's like, it's like Roger, remember Brendan Rogers with his envelopes yeah. and all that yeah. shit? Yeah, I just, I, I'd be reluctant. If I was a manager or coach, I'd go nowhere near those things. But I don't think as a manager or a coach, you can win in them situations. It's all to do with money in it. The club is saying, this is what we're doing. We get X amounts and this is happening. Where am I right in saying, or have I not? Am I misread this way? Klopp said he'll never do this, never do it. Yeah, you walk away yet. So I just think, I, I think you can get a little insight, a little snippets to what's going on. But I just think what these top boys like um, Klopp and that you, they like to be in control of what they're saying and what they're doing and keep it behind closed doors. And I just think that's how it should be. If something goes on in the changing room, um, it. You know, whatever it is, whether someone's getting a bollock in their eye or whatever, it should be staying in them four walls. Just not too, these aren't for me. I like I watching them, don't get me wrong. I do like watching them, but it's kind of, I find half the time I'm like, oh, it's cringy. It's making me a bit cringy. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. I think they're probably trying to tap into, I don't know if you've seen Drive to Survive on Netflix. It's brilliant, brilliant documentary on, on the Formula One and yeah. the numbers that that's driven in terms of new fans globally, all that stuff. I think it's easy for Klopp, and I agree with him. I think what happens in the dressing room should stay in the dressing yeah. room. Um, I'd always watch these shows, but I just said to you there about uh, my son becoming a bit of a secret Arsenal fan now. Yeah. That's why they do it. Because exactly. it's very easy, yeah. very easy to get a new to get wave sucked of into it. Yeah. and, and yeah. all that. But uh, yeah, if it's your own club, you're, you're watching through through your fingers yeah. at the mm. cringe. Uh, Tank, Liverpool, where, where do we start, mate? Because... Um, Obviously, you know, we, when we're on this, I try to remain impartial. I don't think I do a particularly good job. You don't, and you shouldn't have to. Um, but, you know, Jimmy's not here to correct us, so we'll probably go into Liverpool mode a little bit here. I have to say, whilst there were some positives in the last 30 minutes of the game, I was I was 
flat as a as a witch's tit on uh, <laughs> after that game. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. It was uh, yeah, very deflating coming the start of the season. You want to be starting well, and and you're putting in that type of performance for 65 minutes. Yeah, it's it was. I've got to be honest. I was. I thought we were absolutely dreadful. I thought there was no spark. And I thought Fulham done to us what we normally do to teams. They just swamped us. They didn't give us a minute on the ball. But then you're looking and thinking, okay, if that's what this newly promoted team are doing, who's, I mean, let's get it right, mate. Their manager's saying, I need silence. We've only got 16 players here. They're not exactly blessed with a great squad. Mm. But they just, I, I thought, fucking hell. I mean, we come away there and I'm like, we've done well to get a point. And I just thought, I don't know whether it was kind of an attitude type of thing where, you know, the likes of Van Dyke in the back four were like, it's Fulham, fucking we'll just stroll through this. I thought that was Van Dyke's worst game of football I've ever seen him in. I thought he looked a shadow of the player. And do you know what, uh, this is what I said, I actually said to one of the lads, I'm going to bring this up on the, the podcast. He said to me, he sent me to, I'll have to send these to you on the WhatsApp, by the way, he sent me a photograph of Van Dyke against Fulham and a photograph of Van Dyke earlier last season. Mate, he looks heavy. Oh, he really? looks like he's put a bit of timber on and like my mate was going, he's not fit, he's he, he's heavy. Mm. And I just thought the whole thing with Van Dyke was kind of like, I watched like when uh, Mitchell just running man and he's kind of getting his bodies. If the same body shape was wrong. And yeah. I'm like, what, what the fucking hell, you're the best centre half in the world, what are you doing? Just go and stand in front, take the ball off him and like mm. you normally do. I thought, I thought he set, set our, our tone for a really, really poor performance. And, uh, Listen, I've loved the fella. Bobby Firmino has been, a, he always will go down in my eyes as a Liverpool legend. He's been phenomenal. The last two seasons, Bobby has really, really been poor. And I just, I'm sitting there thinking, you've got Nunes on the bench there who come on and lit the whole place up against Man City. And he, he doesn't start. And then, you know, he, do, he does more in three or four minutes when he comes on against Fulham than Bobby does in the whole 70 minutes. And I'm like, Come on, he's he's our big signing. Yeah. Playing, playing. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. a, it's a difficult one because I looked, I tweeted before the game. I get why Klopp likes to do this. He likes that he did it with Andy Robbo. He's done it with loads yeah. of them. He phases them in over time once they get used to our way of playing. But I'm I'm looking at that game, and you know better than me, mate. You know, if you're a back four and Fulham were not going to try and be expansive. I was a bit of a prick, actually, in the in the tweet I sent out. I didn't mean it to be, but I was just annoyed after the game. They were a little bit, I thought, and this isn't meant disrespectful, but a bit like a pub side in that they were just super aggressive, direct. They didn't really want to try and play through the thirds. It was just like, let's compete, win your individual battles. And they just swarmed Liverpool. There wasn't any great, incisive play. It was clipping up to Mitrovic, who did an unbelievable job, in my opinion, for a guy that is painfully slow like you've seen him move oh, he's yeah. just you know what I mean and he he held up the, the the back four he occupied players he brought I thought they were excellent at what they were doing but it wasn't there wasn't big some great tactical plan it was desire oh. but when you look at the Nunes thing I thought he was tailor-made for the game because I put out put out a tweet I think I sent it to you um after the game, you looked at the average positions of the Liverpool team, first half versus second half. Bobby Firmino was that deep. He was an extra midfielder. Yeah. But then when Nunes was on, he was right up front, high, central, pushing their line back, making runs in behind. And you know as well as I do, once, once you know you've got a, a striker that wants to run in behind you, oh. what does the back four do? They drop. It's not just about the back four, it's just the whole game becomes stretched. Now, yeah. this is my this is my point with Firmino, and I'm, I, it sounds like I'm slagging off. I'm not. I just don't think he's that player for us no more, Jamie. I don't. Well, I've, 
what he's done for Liverpool has been unbelievable. But Liverpool have to move on. You know, as you've just said then, if I'm if I'm playing in Fulham's back four and I've got Bobby Firmino, I don't care how high. I will go and yeah, he's not stand. Going behind you. He yeah. is not going. And if he does, I'll catch him. It's no problem at all because mm. he's got zero pace. So mm. when Nunes comes on, I'm like, oh, this fucker runs in behind. And I'm taking 10 yards back. That brings my midfield back. And then that brings my Mitchell. And the whole game just becomes like this. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we can play out from the back. Then we can play through the channels. But while Bobby Firmino is on that pitch, I am standing right up his ass, and I am pushing him towards the halfway line. And then all of a sudden, it's a fight ball. And yeah, look, it's not great. I know what you were saying about Fulham, but this is Fulham. They're playing the best team, one of the best team in the world. They want fight ball. They want yeah, yeah. they want to get flick on percentage football. And the way they've done it is they can play such a high line because of Bobby Firmino and they're knocking into Mitrovic and get runners all around them. Now, when if they're knocking the ball from Mitrovic from their own penalty spot up to Mitrovic in our area, they haven't got the runners to come off them because the game stretched. But when yeah. it's condensed like this, we for me, and listen, Klopp's an absolute genius. I just thought, when I seen the team sheet, I was like, we've played right into their, their hands. hands. We've played, we've just said to Fulham, you do what you want to do because we'll stretch the game when Nunes comes up. And it's just like, and I know what you're saying there, Klopp likes to bed players in, but he's better than him against Man City and he come on and he changed the game in a blink of an eye, got a penalty, scored a goal and could have had a couple of more against Man City. So as Crouch is there, Peter Crouch was saying, Manny, did you read this article? No. If I'm, if I'm Nunes, I'm absolutely raging. I've not started that Fulham game after my performance against City. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because he comes on, I have to say, like he's he looks that type of player where, he just causes havoc. And I don't yeah. think he's going to... I think I said it last week. I don't think he's going to be the player that gets three chances and scores three goals. I'd say he'll get five or six chances in a game and he'll take one or two of them. Yeah. But what he'll do is he will just cause... I remember like Andy Cole used to do for Man United. He wouldn't finish every single chance, but he'd still finish with 25, yeah. 30 goals a season. Yeah. I just think Nunes... There was one moment where he's very raw. He's very raw is what I would say. But at one point, we clipped the ball up to him. He outmuscled the fella. He flicked it up for himself, and then nearly managed to 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 kind of yeah. bundle it over the line. Yeah, I see. He's him. just yeah. horrible. He's just horrible, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> Do you know? And I'm not going to put him onto this pedestal. Do you know what he is? He's Suarez. He's yeah. Suarez. Scrap. Me, just like Suarez used to get his head down, and he'd nutmeg, and he'd get ricochets, and then bang, and he's like, he's in and going. You're like, how the fuck's he got there? Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not saying he's a Suarez type. But I, I read a thing on him about the Uruguayan coach when he was saying he's a mixture between Suarez and Cavani. And I think he is. He's got like the physicality now. As he's not going to... If Suarez has three chances, he normally took three. And I agree yeah. with you, this lad. I tweeted about him. I said, he's going to frustrate the life out of the Liverpool fans this season. But he's going to score 20 goals. Yeah. Because he is one of them where he's just like... Some stuff you go, fucking hell, how bad's that? And then you go, oh, fuck me, what a finish that is. <laughs> yeah. he's, he, he is, but he's going to cause defences problems. Yeah, he is. The, the, the other, the other storyline that's come um, off the back of this game, and I know it's something you're passionate about, is, well, actually, I, I found out the news of Thiago's injury length when I came back from camp and I should have fucking stayed at camp. I didn't, to be I didn't want to tell you, mate. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin you. <laughs> ruin the holiday. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so he's obviously out for what looks uh, like a, a lengthy um, period of time. Liverpool were already missing a couple of midfielders. Um, it's been very much in the news about Klopp saying that Pretty much, if it's not the right midfielder, he won't uh, he won't be bringing anybody in. He felt that we had seven or eight options for those positions. Liverpool fans will tell you that 
maybe three or four of those are susceptible to injuries and we can't rely on them over a sustained period of time. It's materialised that Liverpool have now lost a few of those in obviously Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is out for a a period. Thiago, who in my opinion is very different to what we have in, he's our main creator from central areas, not in the assist, but nearly the assist before the assist, unlocking those defences. Is that a worry for you now for Liverpool that obviously they are looking a little bit threadbare in the middle? It's just getting to a stage now, Jamie, where I and I've spoke to you about this personally about our owners. And yes, we're a phenomenally run club and we make profit, but come on, let and surely enough's enough now. I seen a, a someone put a photograph of the Liverpool squad of each position, and they've got so many positions, and we've got 15 players out injured. If you take into the Timiskas, the Ramsey, the right back, we've got Curtis Jones, Naby Keita, Oakley Chamberlain, now Thiago, we've got Jota. And it's kind of like we've got Kanate, the centre halves out injured. It's kind of like, and where do we go here? You know, are these owners just going to say, well, Klopp will just make an unbelievable player out of such and such who's going to come in? I just feel, and I've felt this for a long time, I just think Liverpool owners, they want Klopp to be the superstar manager and create a superstar team with one hand tied behind his back. We are crying out for some fresh quality players in that central area. Give them the fucking money. You know, everyone says that Bellingham is not for sale yet. Make him for sale. Go and say, we want him for the next 15 years to be our midfield player. Just go and say, there's the money. We've got the money. It's not that we haven't got the money. And it's how long are we going to... Because... Man City now look that strong in every department. Man City did not need to sign the kids from Leeds. They didn't need them. But they just go and get them anyway because they might need them. And if Rodri needs a break, they've got another quality player and they go and get Haaland. And I just feel like, you know, our owners kind of like, they're just hoping that clock keeps producing miracles. Where you can't keep pulling rabbits out no, of No, you, you can't, mate. And I just Especially when now, you're up against Man City as well. <laughs> well, you're up against, you know, they've got they've got money to burn if you wanted in Nibi, you know. And I'm just like, it's starting to frustrate me with the Liverpool owners now because I just don't think this, after the Man City, the Community Shield, which we played well, don't get me wrong, they played well, they, we looked ahead of them. I'm just looking at us now and we're going to go into the Crystal Palace game and the Man United game now. We've, we're decimated. It's not just the midfield area, we're decimated. You know, we've got Matip who picks up a lot of injuries. I personally, and I, I don't think Joel Gomez is the same player after his injury. I don't think he's going to get back to them, them levels. His injury was that bad. I've had knee injuries. It was that bad. I'm not too sure he can hit the levels of two, three seasons ago. Hmm. So, you know, it's not just the midfield area. We just look short in at the minute throughout. And it's kind of like, give the man some fucking money to go and do his job and Let's see where we go. You can't rely on navigator, mate. Yeah, he's out with sickness at the moment. Fucking hell. I'm, I'm out with sickness when he plays half the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 becoming difficult because when you're looking at the, the, the likes of City, and, and again, you don't want to be too reactionary because I, I, there's been so many hot takes around. You know, it's a game into the season. Man City, you know, if you look at the narratives, have already won the league. Um, you know, uh, Liverpool are, are obviously going to be miles away and all these narratives are, are building. But what I would say is it's not sustainable to be able to keep up with Manchester City if they're going to hit 90-plus levels again and Liverpool have to rely on 
a, a squad, a, a threadbare midfield. I just can't personally see Liverpool going out and buying a midfielder because they just they it's just not the way. Yeah, it's just not the way that they operate. If if it's not the play, if they think that they can get Bellingham next summer, if that, if he's that player for fifty million cheaper, I don't know. I don't know how they'll do it, but if that's what they've kind of forecast into their uh, their budget, I, they won't. Mate, we went into the season by getting, remember Ben Davies at centre-back? Yeah. Uh, rather than going out and buying a, a proper centre-back, we, we went and tried to be smart in the market. He came in to give us reinforcements. He didn't even play. Le- no. Liverpool needed a centre-back. We were playing Carol and Sue from the uh, from the canteen at centre-back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And we still didn't go out and get a centre-back. So I just can't see them, can't see him doing it. You won't, but you know, you go through our midfield, and you know, as you say, you've got players like Jordan. Jordan Henderson picks up Nichols, mm. Fabinho picks up Nichols, Kayeta has made a rich tea biscuits. Mm. You know, he's just like he can't stay fit. Ox can't stay fit. He's another one. I'm never, I don't think he's ever got back to anywhere near the level since he had his bad injury. Mm. The Ox, and you're kind of like Curtis Jones. Look, Curtis Jones is a nice player, but. Curtis Jones doesn't get another the top six midfield starting in my position, in my opinion. And then you've got, you know, are, are we, the problem I've got, Jamie, is I'm looking at Chelsea. Chelsea are spending absolute fortunes. I'm looking at Arsenal. We've just spoke about Arsenal. They could be spending close to 200 million this summer. I'm looking at Spurs who just to give Conte the reins. I said, you go and get what you want. You'll make us this team. We're standing still. That's the issue. We're standing still, and we're like, "Will we make these signings next season?" Well, Tottenham might have Tottenham might have closed the gap to a point or overtook us this season, and then if they go again next season, we're kind of like, mm. you know, it's not just Man City what we're worrying about now. It's these other teams below us who've spent 100, 200 million on signings and strengthened so well that it, I just get the feeling that we're standing still at the minute. It's a little little bit concerned. And it's got nothing to do with the Fulham results. It's not. It's just the injuries what are, what are piling up now and what we've got. And you're kind of like, take Thiago out of that midfield. We've got zero creativity. Yeah, you're putting a lot of lot of pressure on the shoulders of the likes of Harvey Elliott, who, yeah. by the way, I think is, is outstanding. But if you're asking him to, to, to deliver over 30, 35 games of a season, it's a big ask for a lad who's just come back from a big injury. It's a huge ask, you know. He, he should be coming in, and he should be playing alongside some of the players who were bringing in some top draw midfielders. And he he should be coming in and doing what he do. I thought he played really well when he came against Fulham. I just yeah. thought he just changed the game. He links up so well with Mo and Trent as well on that side. Um, but we shouldn't be putting the pressure onto him to be that guy already. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, Manchester United. Um... Oh, come on, <laughs> yeah. this always this always brings a smile to me. Yeah, yeah. Poor poor Graham Murphy, friend of the show, <laughs> is just about to turn off the podcast at right. this point. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one because I, I look at United and like look, they are in my head they're my biggest rivals. I say this all the time. You know, I I, I don't want Manchester United to be better than Liverpool, but at the same time, I've got a lot of friends who are Manchester United fans, and I, I think English football is better for it. Manchester United being strong and it's you look I see so many parallels when I look at what they're going through to where Liverpool were when we were struggling and trying to build and you look at that game there Manchester United's owners have brought in a new coach not really given many new players or the players that he has brought in have been smart 
buys in terms of not having to break the bank, you know, the likes of a Christian Eriksen coming in, for example, who will, will improve their squad, but is it going to transform Manchester United? No, I don't think it is. Um, but they're ultimately asking for him to be able to transform things whilst not really giving him the tools that he needs. And it very much felt like the same Manchester United. I thought they looked a worse Manchester United than being honest with you. I mean, I thought Brighton... I mean, I thought Brighton... What did I say good. to you? Graham Potter, they were my, um, my my dark horse for the season. What a manager he is, by the way. So why has Man United not looked at him? Mm. You know, we brought Ten Hag and he doesn't really know the league. Ten Hag's gone and got... He's gone and got players who we trust from the Dutch league. The Dutch league is not a good league. No matter how you sugarcoat it, it's not a, it's not a, a really good league. You know... <laughs> If you put like safer in, if you put a Brighton in the Dutch league, they'd be champions every season. You think? I just, I, th- I think, yeah. I don't think it's a very good standard of league. You get Ajax and PSV in a couple. Ajax win the league most seasons, but I just don't think it's a very good league. And all the hype about Man United and all that, I do think that Brighton deserve a little bit of credit because the way they played, it was like, I mean, Ten Hag come out didn't he? He said we didn't think they were going to play like that because they just got the ball. They went from A to B into Welbeck. He brought players in. And they popped them around in midfield. I was like, you know, let's give Brighton a bit of credit here. Mm. He's actually, he's been out coached as well by Graham Potter. I thought he was outstanding, but I just have this thing about United owners seem to get so much stick, it's untrue. And I've actually screenshotted a tweet from uh, Simon Jordan because I watched something on Sky before. And I actually tweeted to the to Sky and just said, what an absolute load of bollocks he's talking there. <laughs> They were like, Man United will never do anything while these owners are in charge. The amount of debt they put on the club is untrue. And I'm like, is this fella taking the piss? They've spent a billion pounds on transfers in the last eight or nine years. A billion pounds. It's like any manager who comes into Manchester United, they get whatever they want when they want. Hmm. You know, Solskjaer got players, you know, Everyone, Van Gaal got players. Whoever comes in, they get the players what they want and they pay them a fucking fortune in wages. Mm. So, Simon uh, Jordan at the nail earlier today, and he was like, they're talking about the 500 million in debt. They've been, they borrowed 500 million to buy the club and they're still 500 million in debt. And Simon Jordan said, that's fuck all. He said, the club's valued at 5 billion, so they've got a 10% debt deficit. So, mm. that that's actually so manageable for a club and a business that size. And then he's gone into it and said, every single player that Man United managers want, they get Sancho, they get him three, four hundred grand a week. They got him, no problem at all. You know, they're trying to get, still trying to get to Young. It's actually funny, this scenario. Is, what is going on, Mitch? <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but listen, and I'm not just saying this, I wouldn't mind the Glazers managing Liverpool, uh, owning Liverpool, Jamie, because if Klopp went to the moment, I need 300 million, they'd just say, yeah, you can have it. There you go, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, it's it's funny, I, like I've looked at this and I think, obviously, it's going to take the new manager time. So, you know, and Man United fans need to, need to understand that. I think the thing that doesn't help is, I just feel like the manager has been kneecapped you know, this should be a feel-good time for Manchester United when when the new manager comes in. They're excited to see, um, you know, the 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 new style, the changes that he's going to be made. He's been left with Harry Maguire, who's he's nearly had to try and say, well, he, he's going to be my guy. He's not yeah. going to be. He's not going to be his guy. We know he's not going to be yeah. his guy. Harry Maguire will not last the time at Manchester United. It will, they will have to admit defeat at some point. You've got yeah. the Cristiano Ronaldo saga that isn't going away. Like, this should have just been all 
clean slate, wipe clear. But now you've got things like Arnautovic. Man United are trying to sign. I'm like, what, what <laughs> is going? Captain Chaos, he's a lunatic. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what, the one thing that club does not need is more chaos. And yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's just, if you're a fan there, looking at this, who is making the decisions here? By all accounts, um, they're looking at you, the lad from Juventus, uh, Rabio, is it? The sense yeah. of Like, United do need more dominance in central midfield areas. He's, I not, see the, it all the, he's not the he's answer, not the answer. No, mate. Fucking hell, have you seen? Like, he causes chaos everywhere he goes. He got fucked off from PSG. Have you seen it? Have you read about his mum, by the way? No. Oh, his mum causes chaos wherever she goes. She Allegedly. No, mate, she's his agent, isn't she? Oh, is she? Go on. She's his agent and, like, she's... Um, when he was trying to renew his contract to uh, Paris Saint-Germain, she was like, you must well just throw him in jail and give him bread and water. We can't survive on this. And they were like, Paris Saint-Germain were offering him, like, 150,000 euro a week. Oh, and, like, she forced a move through and then she's she's told Juventus she wants to go on pre-season to make sure her son's getting treated right. I mean, what? this is like another... This is another <laughs> fella who's going to come in and cause chaos in Man United. Imagine, imagine him. You then announce for Ronaldo. You're like, this is, this is like Rabio's mum like, sat on the bench next yeah, to Ten Hag. Same to Ten Hag. You're doing it wrong, and like, this is going to be like a coronation episode. United soon. Yeah, but, it's, it's, uh, it, look, it's it's a weird one. I I just think the sooner the manager is going to be armed with the power to be able to do what he wants and just wipe that slate, slate clean. Um, but he just needs to restore some feel-good factor around the club. And I just, I don't yeah. know, I don't know how that's going to happen because the results aren't going to get markedly better quickly. There's going to have to be some pain before you you, you turn a corner. But well, we said that quite a few podcasts ago, didn't we? When we said like, he should have been allowed to come in like Klopp did with Benteke and uh, Pep did with Joe Hart. He should have been allowed to come in and just say, I don't want Harry Maguire and I don't want Ronaldo. He's 38. Yeah, he's been a legend, but I need to build a squad and I don't need an old man to lead the line. And Harry Maguire, he should... Look, it's a difficult one for Harry Maguire because he's not as bad as what he's showing. He, he isn't. He just looks absolutely finished confidence-wise. He just like... He's one of them where he probably needs three months out of the game and out of the, the spotlight and just... Go and enjoy training. There's no pressure. Just you know come he in needs? every day. A move, Tank. He, needs he move. probably does, mate. He does. He does. But the problem with him getting a move, Jamie, is it's still going to be the same pressure on him. I mm. just think, you know, this social media stuff is a killer, mate, as well. You know, I've seen one today where you've seen when he's coming out the tunnel and he's on, the wrong, he's on the wrong side. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually a load of bollocks, mate, because he's not on the wrong side. It's the new managers come in and they've swapped dugouts. If you notice that, they mentioned it before the game. So all it is, is he's gone out where he always used to go out. And then the Hayes come out and said, oh, listen, but on that side now. But, you know, you've got the Man U fan saying, oh, captain's a disgrace. This, oh, fuck off. The manager's changed sides on the dugout. That's all it is. He's yeah, probably stop. come out on that side for the past four years. And now it's this side. But yeah, it's social media again. The way the, the way of the world now, mate. Mountain, yeah. mountain out of molehills everywhere. Um, to finish... Up a couple of couple of bits to finish up. Your your boys Forest. Um I thought you want to leave. That. Sorry, mate. Um no, it's an it, it's an interesting one because I, I I like the look of Newcastle. I think they've got a little something about them now. They're they're starting to build something there. And look, we're not gonna go into the ethics of where the money comes from and all that. That's that's for another day. But from a footballing perspective, um Eddie Howe's been rewarded with 
an unbe- look, he did an unbelievable job there last he season. Did. He um, did. You know, he come in, they were struggling. He turned the fortunes around. Said James's park is bouncing before the start of games. A real football city, great people um, who love their football club, and they've got some good players. Um, and and I think they they showed that in flashes there against Forest. But look, I think Forest showed enough. For, you know they're not going to be they're not going to be pushovers. Uh, what did you make of the game? Well, I've, some of the re- I put a tweet out about some of the reaction I've seen from I've actually seen a Forest fan and I've blocked him to be honest with you. said I've just blocked him because I, he followed me and I read a comment from him and I was like, "Are you fucking right in the head?" He was like, "We need to get Cooper out now and go and get a manager to keep us in the league." There's managers out there. This is the manager who took Forest <laughs> from fucking bottom of Championship to promotion last season. They've had to do what they've had to do with the squad. They've had to because they had a lot of loan players in and a lot of players were out of contract. So they've gone out and they've spent heavily. But I'm with you. Newcastle will be a tough place for anyone to go. There was two teams who were better than uh, Newcastle last season in the form table and it was Man City and Liverpool. Mm. For the past, That's since, for, how, since how, how took over. The last 15 games, there was yeah. only Man City and Liverpool who had better form and, uh, than Newcastle. Yeah. They're a good side. He signed good players. You know, we signed players what fits them. And, you know, they'll be up there challenging yeah. for Europe leagues. Europe place this season, not the top four. You know, I'm not saying that, but not many is going to go to St. James's Park and <laughs> come, up, come away with points, I'm telling you. So, Forrest have just gone in it. Look, Forrest, Man United won 12 league games last season. 12 league games out of 38 games. Forrest need to win 10 this season. That's all. You know, the We've just come back up to the Premier League after 23 years out of the Premier League. So to, to write them off after one game against a difficult place to go, come on, just relax, it'll come. And Jimmy's, we have to touch on Jimmy's uh, Lingard uh, WhatsApp message before. What were the, what were the stats? It was no duels won, no dribbles, yeah. no tackles. Jimmy's trying to allude to his fact that uh, Jesse Lingard isn't the type of player that you yeah. can hang your hat on. I feel like this could be a theme as well, well as... Gonna, uh, yeah, he's going to go down the street. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but to be honest with you, when J- Jimmy's stats, like for me personally, are just like irrelevant when he said Richarlison made the most blocks last season. <laughs> So, shove your stats up your ass, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> As he's sipping his beer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and w- one thing to finish on, Tank, because um, I actually just want to mention it, because we've been, I suppose, when we were doing our predictions, um, and it was actually my cousin who was uh, was messaging us on the uh, on the social media about our predictions that, I think it was you and Jimmy both said that Everton would go down. Um, I said that if they made some, what did I say? Oh, I, I felt that they'd change manager. I think they'd struggle, change manager, and they'd, they'd have enough. To be fair, they've made they're making some moves in the transfer markets, and I have to say, sh- shout out for the for the Connor Cody transfer because I think that is an outstanding bit of business for the Blues. What's your reaction to that? I think it's an outstanding bit of business for the Blues if you play a back three. Yeah, Connor Cody yeah, in the back fair. four is a problem, mate. Yeah, That's they have, it has to be a change of shapes, particularly with, like he could be. form a good good partnership with. Well, actually, Godfrey's out now. Unfortunately, it was yeah. a horrible injury for the lad. Yeah, look nasty. Um, and in Maynard as well looked a nasty one, didn't it? Don't know how long he's out, but he come off with he does that's not meant to be great. But Connor Cold is a really nice footballer, good footballer, but you know, Wolves have changed formation to a back four and he's gone. Yeah. And I just don't think he's he's not he is not a central defender in the back four, in my opinion. I think he'll get exposed and it'll be a little bit of a fucking shit show. If they're gonna change formation and put him in the middle of a three, he's a lovely footballer and he can do nice things on the ball. Uh, and he'll get away with that, but not on the back four, mate. Fuck me, it's a car crash waiting to happen. 
Would you, because obviously one of the things about Connor Cody, and maybe this is something that Everton probably haven't had over recent times, is, is a proper lead. I've seen Pickford was the captain there at the weekend, and he's he's more erratic than than, than most yeah. of the <laughs> uh, most of the players in the Premier League. Would what type of impact do you think that Connor, Connor Cody could come in and, and become the captain straight away, and that he's Lampard's captain because his leadership qualities is one of the, one of his main attributes? Yeah, he's vocal, and but for me, I thought Tarkowski would come in there and be captain. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it's difficult to come in because he's still only on loan, isn't he? Oh, it's not a permanent transfer, no. No, it's a season-long loan. Okay, with the option to buy. With a view, so I'm not too sure you can bring in a loan player in. I'm not too sure what type of message that sends to the dressing room if you bring in a loan player in and he's all of a sudden captain. So, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be advised to put him in as captain. But look, he is a good player, don't get me wrong, he is, but he has to play in the three. Yeah, He has to. Are you still sticking with your original uh, prediction, Everton, to go down? I just think they're not going to score any goals at all. You know, you've got Calvert-Lewin out, you saw Richarlison, um, and I just don't I don't see where the threat comes from. I just I don't see how they score goals. I, yeah, I looked at that game, and I actually thought they looked probably more solid. They, like, they looked they looked better, I have to say. I just, it was screaming out for that forward. Um, yeah. So if they, don't, if they don't look to go into the market now off the back of Calvert-Lewin's injury, I, I, I do think that they've, feel like they could be a little blunt um, I think they'll be a lot more solid but yeah they, they definitely miss that firepower yeah I just don't I don't I don't get why they're not you know they've signed in the lads I know nothing about by the way the French kid who they got for paid. yeah I don't know anything about them so I can't comment on them mm. um, you know I just don't get why they're, they're signing players like that that they need a goal scorer you have to get you've got no chance of staying in this league without someone who can put the ball in the back of the net mm. and you know they, they haven't got anyone no one at all so original predictions to go down. I still think they're going to. Yeah, I think they're in a world of trouble. Uh, Tank, on uh, final thoughts on the the first weekend. Um, you didn't get your fantasy football team done in time. Do you reckon no, we can get you get your <laughs> what went wrong, mate? <laughs> I'm just fucking useless at technology, mate. I tried to log in, but I kept logging in, and then you know you've got all of your iPhones are connected to the iCloud, and, that, and I'm logging in. I'm like fucking hell. I've not picked that team. <laughs> and then it was our Jack's team from last season. So I've had to do a new email and set a new password up. And then when I went to log in, it said, your password's wrong. Oh, <laughs> like, you know? But right, I will I'll, get one done. I will, I promise. I'll help you get it done this okay. week. Uh, because I think, let me have a look at how many people joined in the end, our league. I think it was over, over 20. Hold on. Let me have, just open it up there. So we got, uh, oh no. So we got 32 uh, 32 people have joined our league and uh, yeah I'd say a f- fair few of them want to uh, pit themselves against you so I'll I'll help you get yeah. your team so well no you can pick your own team I'll just get you logged in, get me logged in. you get me logged in I'll do it yeah <laughs> and, and for those that do like the fancy football I've already done my wild card so do you know what that means mate so basically I'm fucking had enough of my team after one week and you can <laughs> use a wild card where you can transfer as many of them out and I've or you only get one of them basically for the first half of the season and I've already used it after one week. So <laughs> panic stations already from me. But the plan is, so obviously you're going to do fantasy football. We're still working on something in the background. 
Um, uh, so Jamie's come up with this idea of doing like something to do with predictions, wasn't it? So we're going to do yeah. predictions each week in terms of results. And Eddie, he loves a forfeit, does Jimmy? So he's going to try and uh, get us doing forfeits for whoever gets the least amount of points based on the predictions. And then we're, we're even going to, there's talks of some type of prize at the end of the season, potentially tank uh, yeah. for some of the competitions that we do. So uh, yeah, leave that one with us. We'll get it all boxed off. But first things first, we'll get you onto the fancy football this week. Brilliant to look forward to. Top man. Right. With that, geez, mate, it was only the two of us and we were like, yeah, yeah we'll just do a quick 30 Could minutes. And that's yeah, nearly yeah, nearly an hour there. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's enough from us. Um, hopefully next week will be a little bit easier for us both and, and Forrest and Liverpool can get the uh, get the wins on the board. Um, everybody at home, thank you for listening. If you could, please send us your feedback. Uh, let us know what you thought of the podcast. Also, as always, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, if you could do that, our plan is still to start doing some live shows on YouTube once we get to a thousand subscribers. And I believe we're nearly at 900 now. So yeah, for any of you that listen to the audio podcast, I know there's a fair few and you haven't checked us out on YouTube, just give us a little subscribe there and we'll get us over that 1000 mark. But with that, enjoy the rest of your week. Look after yourselves and we will be back with you again next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Cheers, mate. Cheers, pal.